1: Ah, hello everybody. Hello. Um, welcome to episode two of the Dangerous Dinners podcast. Um, I'm your host, Tom Green. Thank you so much for returning. Maybe this is the second time you've listened. Maybe you subscribed last week because of the other air episode. Thank you very much. Um, or maybe this is the first time you've suck us out, suck us out, seek us out. Maybe this is the first time you found us. Is what I'm trying to say. Here's the concept basically every single week a guest is going to come over to my house i've got a giant roulette wheel on the roulette wheel is a load of takeaways i'm going to give it a giant spin whatever it lands on me and the guest have to order and eat from before the food turns up i will conduct the best interview you've ever heard well that's the plan anyway that's what it that's what it says on the tin that's what we're going to try and do um thank you for all the downloads and the shares and the love last week for the ella air episode Really appreciated that, man. amazing guest. I loved having Ella. It was really good. And for everyone wondering, yes, we did record that before lockdown because I went over to uh, her house. So, episode two. Today's guest is the wonderful Oliver Proudlock from Made in Chelsea, from Serge Denim clothes brand fame, from Model, I suppose, and just for all-round lovely bloke um this is episode two and unfortunately because of covid and stuff we had to record this over the internet which actually presented a load of problems but also a load of fun so he's in his house and i'm in i'm in mine now i'm gonna ask you to do a favor for me if that's all right um if you wouldn't mind giving this podcast a subscribe i'd really appreciate that it basically means you get the episode into your little inbox for free real quickly every time i release so i'd really appreciate that and also if you're on apple podcasts scroll down and leave a comment and a rating and i will love you forever unless you're going to give a bad comment don't do that or like a one star rating don't bother this is for free how angry can you be at something that's free you can't really can you you can't so anyway enough of that rambling rubbish um sit yourself down grab a beer order a takeaway and get ready for episode two of the dangerous dinners podcast
0: the dangerous dinners podcast with your host tom green one celebrity guest one spin of the roulette wheel and a tour of the best and worst takeaways which are delivering to us tonight what will it land on we let fate decide up for grabs today, we have The poorly reviewed Kansas fried chicken Everybody's favorite Lahore Karahi And if it all goes wrong Pizza Palace But before we do that, it's time to meet Our celebrity guest They're famous, they're funny And they just arrived downstairs It's time to bring them up Please welcome It's a right. proud love
2: Hello, hello, brother. <laughs> How are you, mate? <laughs> Dude, I'm good, man. That was high energy. I like that. Thanks, man. It's a big, it's a big intro. I mean, it's a big guest, and we're really excited to have you, mate. I'm super pumped, man. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm, um, I'm gutted. Good- I'm not doing this at your house, or you're doing this at oh. my house, and we've had to do this over the internet.
2: I know, but do you know what? We can save it for season two or three, whatever. You know, how many uh, seasons are you are going to do on this? We'll, I'm sure we'll fit it in. We can return, right? We can return, 100%. This is the warm-up.
1: So, Oliver Pratt, where in the world do we find you right now?
2: Dude, you find me locked down in my home in West London.
1: Because in um, my head, I picture it to be plush... And to be leather, and for you to be in pajamas—is that the look?
2: Uh, there's, there's no leather. I'm in the <laughs> kitchen right now. I'm leaning on a bit of marble, um, and I'm, I'm wearing a quite a niche outfit. I got a pair of um, Birkenstock shoes on, Whoa. which are kind of like my go-to slippers. I've got a pair of uh, tracksuit bottoms that I actually like drew all over. Wow. Um, which was a bit of lockdown fun, and then I'm wearing a really niche like grandpa knitted vest <laughs> just you know and then finishing it off with a, a nice pearl necklace
1: what wow. whoa i didn't expect yeah. the pearls
2: to end there dude the pearls for sure man yeah we um it's part of my new collection we've gone quite heavy on the pearls so yeah i'm always wearing a little bit of jewelry
1: i was gonna say is this vintage pearls or is this serge Danine pearls no this is this
2: is serge pearls yeah heavy only yeah. way yeah right? so, dude you gotta keep it fresh out here
1: um well oliver proud welcome to the dangerous in podcast are you hungry, dude? I'm actually starving. Great news!
2: Oh, I'm really, really hungry.
1: By the way, I wrote an intro for you that I've not done. Do you want to hear it? Oh, please, man, hit it. This is probably going to be a big, nice ego boost. Ready? All right. <clears throat> the man, the myth, the legend. Not only the best dressed man in Chelsea, but the best dressed man in the UK. BAF stop. BAFTA-winning reality TV star, alcohol drinks brand entrepreneur, fashion brand owner, and all-round icon. He's a social media phenomenon and the most loved-up bloke this side of Paris. It's Oliver
2: Proudlock, dude. That that is just giving me tingles. I mean, yeah. Uh, my head actually can't fit in the kitchen anymore. I'm like, Bang. what, dude? That that's a beautiful intro. Thank you, my man. I mean, you, you've definitely really pushed it, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: it. I think you should get that <laughs> on your kitchen wall, like in, 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 rip, rip like off the plaque. yeah, rip off the the love, laugh, live, and then replace it with that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think mean, that's a lovely idea.
1: So the podcast is really simple. This is the Danger Dinner's podcast. Behind me, I've got a giant roulette wheel with a load of takeaway things on. I'm going to spin it, and we're going to work out what you and I are having for dinner tonight. Can you, can,
2: can you tell me what's on there?
1: There's, yeah. There's a kebab there's curry there's chinese there's posh sushi there's low quality curry and there's there's all the standard ones that there's like (laughs) that i'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons like the fried chicken place and the golden really famous place like the most famous takeaway uh, I got you. I yeah. know where you're going. Yeah. There's loads of them. Is there anything you don't eat? By the way, is there anything that would just be a shocker if it landed on that?
2: No, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, but I'm going to break it tonight. Um, I, I was meant to. Well, I have been doing no meat. I've had no meat for the whole of Jan. Whoa. However. Seeing it will come so close to February and this is a special, you know, moment. I, w- I will break it if it lands and, you know, we're ordering some meat.
1: I, I, get, I get you're not like a Domino's, man. I feel like you're like no. a, a local
2: Italian vibe. Well, actually, do you know what, man? Like, I love my pizza and I love Italian food. But for me, dude, the uh, Pizza Express yes. Romana's, those <laughs> yes. thin, bro, the thin base. I get the American <laughs> hot. Oh yeah. my God, they're good. And I, on the side, I like not the garlic dough balls. I get the polenta fries. Whoa yeah you got to try those if you haven't they're delicious
1: where me and em my girlfriend used to live there was an italian restaurant directly below us and on the regular my dinner would just be a full garlic bread with and i don't know what the name of this dish is but it's unreal if you've not tried it it's like a double cream with peas and onion and it's just like a side order and you just dip the garlic bread in the double cream oniony bro do you know what they do you know
2: what they call that
1: go on health (laughs) (laughs) they call that an early grave
2: (laughs) yeah they call that pure health (laughs) that is the glory
1: i would i sometimes wonder why do i have high blood pressure and then i think it's the double cream side (laughs) order.
0: that'll
2: get you yeah <laughs> the double cream the double cream will do it damn you oh damn that double cream it's so delicious
1: Oliver Proudlock, shall we spin the wheel and find out what we're having for dinner tonight let's spin it
2: i wish you were here to spin it it's a lot is it an actual it's an actual wheel yeah totally look, oh, i don't know really if to it? hear
1: this massive can you
0: glorious
1: can you I hear can that? Hear
2: you t- I can hear you tapping the wheel.
1: Okay. I'm going to spin the wheel and I will tell you what the corresponding color corresponds with.
2: Ready? All right. Let's do this. Let's go.
0: Ooh.
2: Can you hear that? I hear it,
1: man. Okay. That was a that was a big spin. It's going to be closed. on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it? <laughs> okay double is it a dirty double cream it's yeah it's only double cream (laughs) (laughs) no so um for legal reasons i can't say the brand and it's going to be i will tell you proud luck what it is and then we have to describe what it is so people know okay yes yeah it is the most famous takeaway in the world it's i love
2: yeah yeah i haven't had one in ages so that's awesome
1: great Okay, I'm really excited about getting this because I love that food that we're going to order from. So how would you describe yes. the place we're going to go so people can sort of know what it is?
2: The Golden Arches.
1: Yeah, I feel like we can say that without people getting angry.
2: Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. You know, every, everyone's tried it. Everyone's seen those Golden Arches. Yeah. The, I gu- mean, the, yeah. the
1: mascot's the clown.
2: Is exactly. It, is is it, he
1: still on? I feel like he's not on uh, anymore.
2: Uh, what about this might give it away i'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. it you remember that when jt came in on that yeah I'm, I'm loving, loving it. it that's the yeah, one nice
1: what do you want man do, do, we can do pay... i get to pick yeah you can remember i'm paying so stay on budget
2: uh I do, don't worry man i'm not gonna go crazy which means probably... you can stay off meat if you want you don't have to meet it oh, i don't know about getting a, a veggie veggie thing from man I, I don't know i almost feel that's more sketchy than getting the meat yeah true what are the nice nuggets? Just the normal nuggets. No, what are the nice ones? Oh, oh man. the m- selects, I think. Oh, bro, mean. bro, I've got to get. Do you mind if I get some? Yeah, just chicken selects with some fries. Yeah, I can That's do that. Delish.
1: Okay, yeah. hold done. That'll be in the chicken section. So I need to sort of.
2: What drink? I never. I've got. I'm drinking beer here, over here actually. So I'm all good on a drink.
1: Okay, great. You're gonna have to have one for the meal. So I'm gonna get you a Coke Zero save that for later.
2: Go Coke Zero. There we go. Yeah, nice. Smoky
1: barbecue dip, sour cream, sweet chili barbecue. Where are we at? Smoky barbecue. Smoky barbecue. I'll get you a sour cream or no as well.
2: No, no sour cream. No, okay. no. I'll just get you smoky
1: barbecue. That is delicious. Added to the Basque one.
0: Yes,
2: yeah, my man. Relax.
1: Go to checkout. I've got your address locked in. Boom. Uh, yeah, that is all good. Because I don't live where you live, right? The the mm. apps like. You seem quite far from this address.
2: Oh yeah, the <laughs> app's freaking out. <laughs> They're probably like someone's hacked your, yeah. your account.
1: Who the hell's ordering ordering this food? Next, uh, leave at door. Rec- yeah, COVID safe. Done,
2: done. Dude, delicious. Thank you. Proud like it's Wait. ordered. Yes, come on. There you go, bro. Um, Dinner's yeah, on me. Thank you, brother. I get the next. I get the next one. I don't think I've had a man. I reckon in, in a year. Oh wow, that's quite a long time. Probably last summer. Actually, I reckon last summer I probably had a man, yeah. Right. I've been having a lot of um, I probably can't say the brand here, but I've been having a lot of fried chicken from that very well-known brand, you know, the Colonel one, the Colonel. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm big on that bad boy.
1: Now I have got until the food arrives to really get to know you. And my God, I didn't know there was actually so much to talk about. Like I've got mm. so many questions for you. So I want to sort of start. Where it all began, yeah. Because I feel like we spoke a lot about now, but we've not spoke about you growing up. So, born and bred sure. London,
2: or no? Yes, I, w- I was born in London, um, but then soon after uh, moved down to the countryside to Gloucestershire. And that was with because your mum's from Sweden, right? So yeah, my mum is from Sweden. My dad English, and um, they lived in London. But then when I was born. I think maybe for the first year or so i i was living in london and then they moved to the countryside so my dad he had a restaurant in london he spent a lot of the time in london he had he had an apartment above the restaurant and then i was in the countryside with my mom my sister and then my half sister and my half brother but you know those early years man we we actually lived in this beautiful big pad in the countryside i was really young so i don't remember a huge amount of it and then my parents you know they separated when i was probably i was young man maybe about eight or nine that was uh, always
1: one of my fears growing up and it's what, weird. your parents
2: getting separated Yeah,
1: it's weird like it was like legitimately something that sort of haunted me It yeah. really scared me until only really now it doesn't it doesn't stress me out as much was that really hard
2: yeah it was actually i think you know i think especially i think for a for a a kid, you know, a, a guy, when you're growing up, you really need, you know, my dad was amazing and I, I loved him so much and I still love him. Uh, he sadly passed a couple of years ago, but, um, I think when you're, you're growing up as, a, as a, a guy, you really need that sort of male figure. And, um, you know, my mom is incredible and she was so great and I had my siblings as well. Uh, obviously I had my older brother who I looked up to a lot. But yeah, it was tough, man, because, you know, I wanted my dad to be around. And yeah. I remember when I was at school, you know, small things like, and you know, I was big in sp- uh, sport when I was at school and, you know, we had our games every weekend and I wanted my dad to be there to watch the games, you know? And I remember the times that he did come down, he would drive down from London, but you know, it was like a two hour drive. And, um, you know, he missed out on so many of those games, you know, most people you've got your dad and your mum, or, you know, standing on the, on the line watching you and just little things like that um
1: that's hard man that must have been really difficult
2: yeah but you know what i think it, it made me very independent and you know i had a great relationship with both my parents um they're very different and you know i got to go out to london and spend time with him and but yeah, you know, I guess obviously in an ideal world they would have stayed together. But you know, man, these things happen. You know, I was just very grateful to to have a really great upbringing. You know, and I went to a great school. And, um, and you
1: know what? Sometimes it means two presents at Christmas.
2: Two presents, dude. That's it. <laughs> that that's that was the one thing that kept me going. Yeah. I was like, these two. Pre- I was like, Dad, good thing for these two presents. Because <laughs> um, otherwise, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, I would
1: really resent you and bring it up in a podcast years to come.
2: But it's but yeah I was young as well so yeah. at a certain point of it I didn't really know what was going on you know Yeah I get that So yeah
1: what were you i only found this out today i didn't know this i i you went to eton i didn't know this yeah this yeah. absolutely fascinates me because i'm from preston right so i'm from up north yeah and eton is a place that i didn't never really i've never come across i never came definitely never come across when i was young in my mind it's like harry potter is that what your school was like or not really
2: <laughs> i mean a little bit yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because um you know my dad went to eton and my dad's dad and my dad's dad's dad. It's, it's, it was a big tradition in my family. And, um, so as soon as I was born, because back in, in the day when, when I went to Eton, you had to be signed down by birth. And how does that mean? So basically you had to be put on a waiting list, right. Okay. To get in the way they do it now is I think you have to do a test before you do the common entrance test to even get in. So they do this whole like tier process. But anyway, when I was born, I was just before they did this test before Common Entrance. Soon as my dad saw that I was a dude, he literally in the hospital bed left my mum and went and immediately called up to put my name down. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, yeah, it's bizarre.
1: Now, when I was doing some research for this, uh, one, I didn't know you went to Eton. And two, I didn't know that Prince Harry was in your year. That's mad.
2: No, no, Harry's older. Harry, oh. Harry was... Um, he was maybe i think he was two years two years above
1: okay so you had no yeah. you didn't know him that wasn't like a thing
2: um yeah no i mean i i we had a few mutual friends and um yeah i you know we know each other that's yeah crazy, he was, man, he was that's, a couple years older that's crazy though right uh yeah i mean i guess i've never really thought about it <laughs> I, I don't know he's just a um but he's a, dude, he's a very normal guy, man. Yeah. I mean, obviously everything that he goes through and everything that comes with him is not normal, but, you know, he's he's a super cool guy. I think
1: he's found happiness as well, which is important.
2: I hope so, man. I hope so. It's, you know, I mean, we don't really know what's going on, right? Yeah, um, no, of but course it, is, not. it is sad to, whether these things are true or not, but it's sad to read some of the stuff. Yeah. But, you know, the important thing is, you know, He's, he's hopefully happy. He's got his missus, beautiful baby. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just hope he's enjoying himself out there in, in America.
1: So you finished Eton and then went to Newcastle, right? Yeah, man. That must've so, been a strange twist,
2: right? Do you know what, man? It was, um, oh, it was amazing, dude. So my art teacher at school, so I spent a lot of my time in the art schools. I mean, all my time. I just I became obsessed with, with art. That's when I really kind of became super creative. And, um, my teacher, there was this guy called Ian Burke. Oh, he's a cool guy, man. And he was from Newcastle. He was from Sunderland actually. But he, I remember when it was coming to the, to the end of my time there, you know, and I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. And I was getting pressure from my parents on, you know, what is it that I want to specialize in? And all my peers were, you know, doing like business or uh, economics or like geography and stuff like that. And for me, nothing really, nothing really got me going bar art. And at that time, not many people were going to art school or studying fine arts. So I was kind of like towing and throwing, not sure what I wanted to do. And when I left, I was like, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to St. Martin's and do a foundation and just do a year do a year course. Right. Because I wasn't sure at the time if I wanted to continue with painting or maybe I want to do fashion or, you know, whatever, whatever it was. But I thought, I really need to try out some of these other skills because uh, Eton, I would just been doing painting. I'd done a little bit of sculpture and ceramics, but mainly painting. So I started a course at um, St. Martin's and then ended up dropping out after about two months. I think for me, I just wanted to travel. You know, all my friends were traveling. I've been at school for five years. I just wanted to like go away. Um, so I went traveling for six months and then when I came back, all my friends were going to university, <clears throat> Pardon of me and I hadn't like applied anywhere. So suddenly I was like, "Oh my god!" Now I'm like, <clears throat> I have no idea what I'm going to do now. Yeah. And then I did a last minute. You can do this application um, after your year out. So I did this kind of like fast track. Went up to Newcastle, showed them my portfolio, and it was my teacher at Eton who said to me, Ian Burke. He said, "You got to go to Newcastle for fine art. It's it's the best." So I kind of listened to him. I was like, "Screw it! I'm going to go for it." And I said, "If I don't enjoy it and it's not right, I can always leave."
1: Now, I'm going to ask you something, which this is this was a big thing when I went to uni, right? Yeah, well, I, went, I went to Leeds. I went to the uni of Leeds. I love Leeds. man. I like, used to
2: come down to Leeds.
1: I had the best time. It was an oh. amazing, amazing time in my life. But I found as a boy from Preston, I'd grown up with a certain type of person. And yeah. you get to Leeds and you're thrown into a melting pot of, of worlds that you never knew existed and i i loved that experience that i was put with people who were in a completely different wealth bracket to me who were people who were like literal royals you know like there was people (laughs) around you in this in this whole world did you find that when you went to university you you sort of were in circles with people that you never knew existed do you know, does that make, I, yeah, I no, might no, have been I, more pronounced for me because, no. you know, I went from like a, a public school to a, a good university and I was like, mm. damn, these people are really posh, but they're amazing. <laughs> and they're now my, some of my best friends, but it was such a melting pot of identities. Yeah.
2: Dude, I, I know exactly what you mean. And I, I love that about life. And I think the older I've got as well, I remember when I was a kid, I was so shy and I found it really hard being in social environments around various like you say that melting pot of you know different styles of people yeah and as i've got older i really thrive on it and i I love meeting people from all different backgrounds from you know from everywhere for me that that i, I really thrive off that because i remember you know you know obviously i went to eton and and you know some of the, the people there extremely posh. Um, and, and it was funny because I was hanging out with these people growing up and a lot of them came from a lot of money and and I didn't growing up. We didn't really have much money. My parents, they were bankrupt when I was, I think when I turned about six or seven. Wow. So we went from, you know, we had a really big, big house and, uh, and then we went to, you know, had to massively downgrade and, um, I managed to get a bursary at, at Eton because you know, we couldn't actually afford the school fees. So I got very lucky. Wow. Um, and I think part of that was because, you know, my dad had been there and, you know, there was that sort of the link there. And, um, I was, you know, I was cruising. I wasn't too bad as a student. So they were happy. Um, I never knew this. So, this is why yeah, I'm so, so excited to have you on is I didn't do you know, know what? any of these so things. I, so I think for me, man, and I was hanging out with these kids and I was always having to, it was funny, man. And I think this is part of the reason why I'm such a hustler now, because I've had to work for everything myself. Yeah. You know everything I have now. I've worked, and and you know my parents were incredible, and they you know they looked after me and gave me an amazing education. But as soon as I turned you know 17, 18, that was it, man. I was on my way, right? So I've really got to like understand and appreciate hard work and the hustle, and understand the value of money, and just you know what I mean. Whereas yeah. a lot of these kids who I was growing up around, they were like you know they could have whatever they wanted. Did you they, ever feel you know, out of place then? I don't know, man. Maybe maybe sometimes I did. But, but then I real I thought to myself, do you know what? Like we're all human beings. And I was just like, just, just, I w- I've i always said to myself, just, just do you. And I've always tried to be very positive And, um, I think, you know, that rubs off on people. And I know I remember, you know, I'm sure for all of us, as we grow up and we go to school, Right. I think, is that well, my I think that's the food. Hold, up, uh, hold up, hold I'm up. Take, hold up. <laughs> I'm taking my laptop with me, man. So I don't lose. Hold on, hold on. Let's see what we got here oh my man yeah oh my how goodness. are you brother yeah it's here oh yeah is that mine oh is this mine too I've got two bags thank you bro really what legend we... take care my man this is all happening bro. sort of in situ which I like oh yeah this is live chicken Delicious. chicken
1: selects
2: I've got one warm bag and one cold bag
1: I think the cold bag will be the drink It's
2: normally the cold how it bag runs. is gonna be the drink for sure alright have you got yours yet
1: yeah I can mine's downstairs I'll go and get mine yeah
2: Okay, get yours, yeah. We're
1: just going to record so you can fill this gap with a stream of consciousness or you don't have to say anything.
2: Okay, all right. So guys, I've just opened the brown bag. I'm looking in and there is on top a delicious, delicious little box of fries. And then what we got, the barbecue dip. Might get a plate for these bad boys. I'm loving it. They've still got that. They're still using it. It's on the bag. Um, Bro, they've still got the I'm loving it.
1: <laughs> I'll never know what you filled that gap with until I come oh, to Oh, just
2: back. a load of... Do you know what I've done is I've plated it up. Wow. This is what my granny used to do. She used to, like, you know, take it out of the box in the bag, and then she would put it on a plate, and then suddenly mm. you feel like, you know, this is like a luxurious sort of, you know, it's an upgrade.
1: Whole other Mate. level when it's on a play. So mm. listen, I feel like I could talk to you about anything forever, but there's so much I want to talk to you about. So yeah. you did school, you did Eton, you we went travelling. Yeah. you did Newcastle. I feel like we have to talk about Made in Chelsea about this in this point because I don't know. I don't know where it slides into your life at what point this sort of happens. But yeah, why and how and what and where and when Made in Chelsea? Tell me everything.
2: Wow. Okay. Um, September 2011. The show, um, obviously, they'd just done season one at this point. You know, it was all my buddies um, who had just done it, and they they took that massive leap of faith, that gamble, and, you know, it paid off. And, And the show at this point was, you know, it was getting huge success. It was getting good numbers. And I remember they came to myself, to Jamie, and a few other guys who they brought on on the second season. And we all knew each other, right? And I think that's why at the beginning of that show, it felt very authentic. You know, all those relationships, all the history, it was all there, you know, they didn't have to make that stuff up. Yeah, they, they came to us and, and basically said, look, we'd love to have you on the, on the second season. At that point, obviously I've been doing my brand for about five months and I was thinking, wow, this could potentially be a great opportunity to help build my brand. You know, I was, I was sleeping on my sister's sofa at this time. I didn't have a huge amount of cash and, you know, I was just putting everything into my brand. Hold on, is this Serge
1: Deneem, the brand?
2: This is Serge Deneem, yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, wow, maybe this could be a good opportunity. But then the other hand, I was like, oh no, what if they, you know, make me look real bad or I say something stupid and it has a really negative effect and actually could be awful on my brand. And then in the end, you know, I was just like, do you know what? And it went back to the same thing of, of, of me going to Newcastle going to university. And it was, you regret the things you don't do in life more than the things you do do. So I was like, look, let's just go for it. If it doesn't work out, you can, you can bail, people will forget. And you know, you can move on. I just don't want to go through life. What if? You know, looking back on those moments where you have these opportunities and I just don't think you want to look back and and say what if, you know? So I just thought, screw it. Let's go for it. Let's give it a shot. And I knew my buddies were doing it. So I was in a safe place there. And um, yeah, that's how it all started.
1: And Um, was it weird to be propelled to fame like that? That's an overnight, you've just finished uni, you're starting a brand to, oh my God, there's Oliver Proudlock.
2: Yeah, it was a little weird. I guess it was weird at the beginning. You know, we were all we were all in it together and we were all unsure of the direction, how it was going to go. And yeah, man, we were young and it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, looking back on it. It was a pretty crazy time. Cause you know, I, I guess when you're in it and you're, you're filming it, you're not really sure what, what is going on outside in the real world. Yeah. Um, you're in this sort of bubble. Right. And then when you do go out and you start, you know, seeing, seeing what's going on and seeing people's reactions and feedback. I mean, it, we were lucky that it was very positive, you know, it could have gone the other way totally um so yeah man it was just crazy it was a, a crazy time how's the dude do you know what I'm, I'm staring at it because i don't want to keep eating and for everyone just to hear me like chewing just go and have a bit my missus ha- dude oh. it's my missus is, is it's her worst thing it's so funny <laughs> if she hears anyone like if you're sitting there I love, I love it when we go for dinner somewhere with, with other people and I love it when they're eating really loudly because I know it's killing her but she can't say anything Does she like say, when she it's me say,
1: she would never say
2: oh she just she wouldn't say but I can see her in the corner of my eye and she's freaking out and I'm just loving it cuz I can't even like have once you know when you slurp with the tea yeah 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 it's almost she she claims she has like um uh, she basically says it's medical she's like no no this is a thing it's not like I just don't like the what, sound or of it. getting
1: annoyed at it is medical. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, Sure. Yeah. You see
2: what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get
1: I'm like, that. Mm. um. Mm. So I I wanted to ask this right with that sort of catapult to fame really quickly. Did you embrace it for a bit? Did you do the whole going out, free drinks, free clothes, night out? You're the guy, or did you really stay away from it? Because I think I like the fact that some people embrace it at the start and then sort of grow mm-hmm. out of it.
2: I look. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't embrace it good um, at, at a certain point because you know, I was young and it was, it was just crazy at that time. I think the one positive, the benefit that I had is I had all my friends who won on the show bringing me down, you yes. know what I mean? Bringing me back to reality, keeping me level, mm. because I think in those situations you can get carried away and it's, you need to check yourself and be like, hold on, I'm not Brad Pitt. I'm a Zed Lister. Let's just real. calm down here. Do you know what I mean? It's like easy now, buddy. Um, so yeah, I, I was just lucky to to have good people around me and just have, have a level head and, and enjoy it, but not get too sucked into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that.
1: I thought the clothes stuff came after Major Chelsea. So it's nice that no. know it sort of started yeah. earlier. And I do want to talk about Serge Denim. I
2: mean, one, where's the name from? So the name is, um, it's to do with the origin of denim. So my mum, she used to have a denim business called Denim and Style. So when I grew up, I was constantly dressed in denim. Our whole house is denim. So oh, wow. my bedroom, for instance, the, the walls are all black denim. My headboard's slate denim. My bathroom's blue denim wallpaper. So as a family, we're like denim, denim obsessed, right? So for me, when I think of fashion, I I think back to my youth and the first thing that comes to mind is denim, you know, something that's timeless. And when I was coming up with the name, when I started the brand, it was clothing. Obviously now it's very much more jewelry. Um, But I always knew at some point that I was going to experiment with denim. And for me, if I was going to call a brand, it would have to be something that really resonates with me when it comes to fashion. And I looked into the origin of denim and originally it was called Serge du Nîmes. So the way the cotton wow. is woven was coined Serge and it originated in Nîmes in France. So originally it was called Serge du Nîmes and then became du Nîmes and now we call it denim.
1: Wow. I never knew that. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Now,
2: Not many people know that.
1: How yeah. much do you get involved with the brand? I mean, for the sounds of it, you probably do everything.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I, I dude, I've started that, that puppy from scratch, you know, all by myself. Um, like I say, 10 years ago, you know, I used to, I used to store all when we just did t-shirts. I used to store them at a friend of mine's house, his mom's house. He's actually still a shareholder in the brand. He was, he gave me my first bit of cash to help buy my first 500 t-shirts. Cause I had no money at that time. And I used to store those bad boys at his mom's place. I used to go over there. I used to wrap every single one. I wow. used to do this denim, denim bow with a, I had these Rio cards. I used to do an individual personal note, a little thing, like I'm so grateful that I, I've gone through every process of doing everything and doing all the day to day. To be now 10 years on, I'm very grateful to have an incredible team around me. And now I step back from the day to day and I do creative. So for me, I'm the creative director. I, I take charge when it comes to all the collections and doing the design work. Um, but I, I can step back in terms of the day to day. So I have a brand manager, I've got an amazing team. And for me, it's nice because I get to continue doing all the bits I love within it, but then at the same time, step back a little and it gives me time to then work on other projects. Kind of means I can not be so stressed and um, means I can, you know, do a few other bits.
1: When are you gonna hit me up to model? Bro. Seems crazy, it you're seems, so, cra- you're so- seems so crazy that you've not asked.
2: Dude, now you tell me you've got these stripy pajamas. <laughs> I think as soon as you get these bad boy Gucci's, I'm pretty sure that the styling's done. We just need to layer you up with some pearls and you're good to go.
1: It's just the jewelry on top of that, right? Just you know yeah. come dressed and I will.
2: Oh bro, Tom G Sir, shoot coming in 100%. (laughs) You know, outfit not
1: required because he brings his own boy.
2: That's it, dude. You're saving us loot on the styling. (laughs) I know, yeah.
0: Tom (laughs) Grenin, Tom Green, next step.
2: Right, boom. Easy. It makes sense.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: And I feel like we can't talk about your life because I feel like we spoke a lot about work, which is really important. But yeah. what's so great about you is you share so much of your personal life online mm. that you know I sort of feel like I know you quite in from just following you and following your life and stuff and I feel like we have to talk about Emma. Mm. You know, it would Sorry. be crazy not to talk about your now wife.
2: Dude, the coolest person in the whole world. How's
1: that chicken by the way? I can hear you. I can hear Sorry, you. <laughs> yeah. And
2: she would she would hate for me to be talking about her while I'm eating. So Um, let me finish this by you carry on talking. And then when I'm done, I'm going to come in.
1: Emma Louise Connolly, model extraordinaire. Um, Now, hold on, buddy. Emma Emma Louise, Louise proud. proud.
2: (laughs) There it is. Ah, I've been waiting to say that for so many years. And I remember on on our wedding day when I got to say that. Oh, it felt good.
1: Um, I want to spin the record back to go right to the start because mm. i love when stories get out there and they sort of take hold in the press and they sort of become true is it true that she reached out on facebook to you
2: no do you know what oh, so this what? is this is a pretty this is a funny story well no there is kind of truth in that and this goes back seven or eight years ago now and and this is the crazy thing about life right and it's it's like that film sliding doors did you watch that movie with gwyneth paltrow
1: i don't know that film
2: you've got to watch this with the missus okay it's an incredible film and the top of the film it's her running to get the tube and one part, she makes the tube and the other one she doesn't. And it shows how her life continues from that point. Okay. So the meaning behind that is the, the process, well, how I met Emma, which I'll tell you about, you know, had I not decided to go to this particular place on that day, I just, I don't think we'd be together now. And I always look back at that moment. Anyways, I was in Scotland and I was there for five days and this is, you know, during the show when we used to get booked for these PAs. I was in Glasgow. They're always random, like aren't they? PA. They do. They were random, dude. I mean, they were just so random. I was
1: so embarrassed because like, going to these things. I've done these things before, but I've DJed. So it's sort of, there was oh, a reason yeah, least, for me to be there. At least you're doing something.
2: What, yeah. What did you do at these? Oh, dude, I just danced and, like, just, yeah, looked like an idiot. It was just, yeah, really embarrassing. Wow. Those would have been, like, a good moment. I wish I filmed all of those. Those would have cut a pretty interesting little dock right there, I think. <laughs> um, so, anyway, I'd been in Scotland for about five days. You know, at this point, I'd just kind of been partying, I hadn't seen any culture. And I, I became good mates with these guys there. And they said, look, you, you should go check out um, this art gallery called Calvin Grove. I was like okay cool so i went down there and i was on the the ground floor and i came into the central room and there was this long catwalk and uh, it was this graduate fashion show and i'm standing there at the front and this model walks down and it's emma and i'm like oh my gosh this chick is out of control and we catch we catch eyes and you know obviously then after she's doing her show she's doing her thing I went back to my buddies and I said, Guys, I, I saw this girl, describe what she looked like. I was like, she was just insane. And they were like, It sounds like um this girl, Amalu. So I was like, Well, show me. So they showed me a picture, I was like, Oh my god, that's her. I was just like, oh, I'll probably never see her again. And maybe two, three weeks later, I go up to Edinburgh, another one of these BAs. Sure, here he and, is dancing um, again. Oh, here he is again, that <laughs> awful dancer. And um, and I'm standing at the baggage reclaim and I look up and there's this huge billboard for this jewelry company. And it was Emma modeling this, this jewelry on this billboard. Wow. And, and I was like, Oh my God. And I, and it was the same guys from Glasgow picked me up and I was like, guys, I just saw her on this billboard. It's a sign. I, I need to like get a number or find her, whatever it is. And uh, I ended up finding her on Facebook. Niche. Um, yeah. Niche. Right. <laughs> and to this day, I've been telling this story for so long and I always thought, Did she made me think that I was the one who initiated it. Right. Who I was, you know, the one kind of messaging and all that, but actually it turns out she messaged me first to be fair. I did ask her to be my friend. Um, (laughs) anyway, she came in with some hilarious, this one I like, cause only last year I was like, do you know what? I'm actually going to look back and see if it's still there. You can track that down. You can know, bro. I've got that stuff. Mm. Um, and, uh, we ended up talking on Facebook, for i don't know two, three months, maybe wow, and then um, she was in Glasgow this time, I was down in London, and then about a year in she moved down to London with um with modeling, you know we got each other's number, and we then messaged bro for three years and wow we but we never met right, and um, it was a weird one, you know she was seeing someone at the time, nothing serious, but we would just message it was just like you know harmless stuff sure, and then we both were single, maybe three, four years later. And I heard that she was going to the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. And I was like, right, I've got to go. So I obviously like messaged my buddies, same guys from, from all those years back. I'm like, guys, I found her. It's four me, years from, later. It's me from the PA help me guys. It's time. I need your help. So I then went up there and um, I said, you know, I'm here as well. And she was like, look, why don't we, I live in London now. So why don't we, um, you know, we'll hang out when we get back, back down to London. And I was like, well, why did not we get the train from Glasgow to London? That's a long train yeah. to get together. And, wow. And then on, on the day that we were meant to get the train, she, she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I, I've just got a, a, last minute jobs come up. Um, I, you know, I can't get the train now. So I was like, well, don't worry. Like I'll stay here another night. And we'll get the train tomorrow. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I am, I'm not happy. Yeah, I was, I was persistent. <laughs> that real and, persistent? Um, right. And I, do you know what, man? I, I just knew, I just, it sounds weird, but I just knew she was the one. Wow. So she was like, okay, fine. So the next day I went to the train station, I'm standing there and they do that last minute countdown. Right. And you've got like the minute before they close the doors and she's not arriving. And I'm like, oh man, after all this time, she's not going to make it. And then I look up and she's running down the platform. <laughs> and now I know what she's like. She's the bad girl. She always got so many bags. And she's running down, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this!" I I just remember that moment so well, and that was the first time we actually met on a train journey from Glasgow to London. And I asked her on a date. Um, as soon as we touched down in to London, we went on a date the next night. What was the date? And, and that
1: I want to know all about. I took. That. I, I want to know I what a, a Proud
2: lux go-to
1: <laughs> route would
2: be. I took, dude. I kept it low key, man. I just I took her to um this place called Bob Bob Ricard. You know it, yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's now obviously, you know, that's where we had our first date. So it's Beef like, Wellington, oh, dude, you know, the beef Wellington, they do these insane cu- cucumber martinis and they've got those cozy little booths, Right. Mm. And that was where we had our first date, man.
1: Cut to what a few weeks ago, yeah. you actually getting cut to, married.
2: Cut to yeah. December 15th, finally, um, finally getting married. You know, we'd, we'd moved plans three times, three times. right? Yeah. Wow. Um, but you know, I, everyone, you know, everyone's been going through it and, In the end, we were like, you know what? We just want to get married and let's just do, you know, a small thing. And we had 15 people and the build-up to that was pretty hilarious because we were meant to get married on the 17th, which was the Thursday. And then Boris made an announcement on the Monday, which meant that we couldn't go ahead on the Thursday. And Emma was, Emma was out having a facial and I knew I had like an hour to just like make something work. And I moved the whole wedding to the next day. I called like the church, the priest, um, the florist. Uh, we had a dinner planned at the Ned. So I called the guy there who was incredible, managed to move everything. So when Ems came back and I opened the door and I was like, don't worry, we're going to marry tomorrow. So we literally, That's it was so like cool. 6 p.m. And then boom, we got married on the 15th, which is kind of funny because our rings on the inside engraved with the date and the date obviously says the 17th. <laughs> I but, love uh, that. But we love That's that. Nice and we could though. change. That's dude, cool. we're keeping that no exactly we could change it but we're going to keep it because we love it
1: yeah I think that's such a nice nod to a year that's been insane Mm -hmm. and a wedding that was planned to be one thing and ended up being something almost more beautiful through the things that weren't right you know that's there's something so special about what you guys ended up doing I've got a quote for you and you can tell me how true it is the bride was an hour late stuck in traffic the wrong hymns were printed in the order of service and the groom's mother watched from a live feed in her living room in america
2: that's all 100 true wow yeah that's you know a lot of my family um couldn't be there because um they're either in australia or america yeah um but literally the night before um our good friend adam who's, who's our photographer and just the most amazing guy and he took all the photos on the day. We were like, oh, we, we really need to find like some sort of video team or some way that we can stream the wedding day so my family who can't be here can, can see it. And same with them. She had some family members who couldn't make it. And um, they did the most incredible sort of private um, YouTube link. They had cameras set up. We were all miked. Amazing. So, you know, all our family, you know, my mom was, she was dressed up and, you know, they were all there kind of, you know, drinking champagne and, and watching it on... Um, on my computers or on the laptop and it was yeah it was really special man it was different but just so special
1: now here's my worry about when i get married and i want to see if you yeah how you handled this i think i wouldn't be able to stop crying how did you find that because i think that the idea of this day being for us and doing speeches. Did you cry or did you hold it back? Because I feel like people respect you if you hold it back. Like it is a bit embarrassing to break down all the time.
2: And Dude, I, that's my I worry. Com- I completely disagree.
1: Okay, good. I respect that's good you to
2: know. more. I respect you more if you cry. Okay, fine. Um I I think with everything that had been going on last year and with all the changes and the last minute and just everything, you know, everything that the things that went right and the things that went wrong just made it that much more special. And and it just made me realize like what really matters in life. And that is your loved one, um, your family, your friends. And it was just the most, especially when you have a small wedding like that, you know, just 15 of you, it's so intimate, you're so present, you're in that moment. And obviously I, I'm i a pretty emotional dude, right? And And mm. I knew as soon as I looked back and I saw her walk in for the first time in that dress, her dad by her side, even thinking about it now, gets me emotional. And I, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. Crazy emotional. And, and even afterwards, um, you know, when I made my speech as well, I think I've just got so much love man for everyone in that room and Mm -hmm. and for Emma especially. And it was dude, it was, yeah, just tears of, of joy and appreciation and, just yeah a whirlwind so i would tell you man like just let it out don't hold it back because it's, it's a beautiful thing
1: now before you start crying and i start crying for yeah you sorry man well, i'm no, about listen. to cry
2: over my chicken fillet. <laughs> <select a little. laughs>
1: crying into the chips what yeah
2: lovely your... salty
1: and then after the wedding you went back to your now renovated beautiful home which i feel like i've messaged you about so much because i became so obsessed with it when you were doing it up
2: oh thanks bro
1: it's a great oh, mate. It's a, is it done now
2: We are pretty much there. We're now just, um, we are yet to kind of finish the garden, which we're trying to do now to have ready for the summer and just little tweaks. I think now more than ever, right? People are spending so much time in their homes Mm -hmm. and they're just thinking, Oh, maybe I'll change that. Or finally, why do not I do that? So we're just doing those little things to kind of slowly finish it off. But we're, we're just feeling so lucky. We think back on this year and we think how lucky we are that the house was done in time. You know, imagine, it was a long um, development. So imagine had, you know, the work still been going on when, when everything, you know, started yeah. happening. So we're just, yeah, we love it here, man. We're, we're, we're super comfy.
1: And you know what? I think this is a good place to end. I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but
2: I, know, I feel man. like Sorry, talking I about that
1: positivity at the end. I feel that's a beautiful yeah. little spot, but I've got three questions to ask before you go. Two of which of are course. what I ask everyone. And I want you to really think about them. And one of them is about the food. Question one. All right. Okay yeah best person in your phone book
2: my wife
1: ah don't give me that i don't i don't want heartfelt i want (laughs) i want big celeb names come on (laughs) <laughs> Don't give. It, I hate when people go. You, oh, my mum. I'm screw you. <laughs>
2: but wait, why? Why would you say if you want big? Celeb, why are you saying the best yeah. person? What do you mean by that's that? That's
1: my fault. I blame myself for the answer you,
2: you should blame. Yeah, you should blame yourself on that question. Who's that's the most? The answer you want.
1: Who's the most? Hey, so when when you sit down with your kids in a few years and you're in a rocking chair and you're like, hey, I hung out with this person.
2: Oh man. So wait. This is. <laughs> this is on my phone.
1: Maybe on your phone. You have to have their number.
2: Do you know what's funny? Because I, I, I never, I haven't even properly looked through my, I, I speak to so few people now. I don't know who's <laughs> up in here. Because I feel I, like know, mine, might take me a bit of time. Okay. Mine, who's yours? I bet you I bet you got a few.
1: Mine was always be Harry Styles, but I don't have his number, which is annoying.
2: I saw that photo of him. You guys looking pretty cozy. You give him a big hug over there.
1: Brit Awards. That was, was that Brit? one. That was a real fun one.
2: Is, is he a lovely
1: man he's the best harry styles is the best man in the world there yeah. is a reason and i won't bore everyone with all this story but there is a reason why he is so successful because he is the nicest man he will make you, you feel like the best version of you and i feel like and anyone dude, that can do that is a success amen
2: do you know what i say in life man and my mom told me this and she was like no matter what treat everyone as you got to treat yourselves and always be positive be be uplifting you know amen and and if you that's it you just got to do that in life man because then you people are attracted to that how hard is it to be nice do
1: you know what it's very hard to be as nice as he is put it that way oh really is he that nice he's so nice i would tell this story quickly
2: um but not nice enough to give you his number no true that's not very nice but no but a bit creepy to ask i feel
1: why true no true maybe i'll ask next time i see him
2: I think you should tell me to what tell me the story
1: I interviewed him in a hotel room a few years ago and I walked upstairs and I never met him before and I walked into the hotel room it was like a junket classic interview thing I walk in and he if opened the door he, he introduced he went Tom I know we've never met but I've heard a lot about you and gave me a hug and I'm like that's mm. a very lovely thing to say we then sat down and when you interview these sort of people like Harry Styles you, you're given 10 minutes and you will get in there and you'll get out there in 10 minutes or you will get shot there is no messing around, right? Yeah. So we we sat down and the first thing I did when I sat down is he went, Do you want a drink? I was like, Oh no, I'm alright. I said, Do you know what? Actually I'd love a water. Thinking he would go to someone, will you get Tom of water? He then gets up, walks to another room, gets me a water himself, brings it over, mm. gets me to taste it and goes, Is that the right temperature? What the hell? What I
2: mean, lovely. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> the temperature, the temperature thing is a little bit weird. I'm not sure about that. You I suddenly don't... become like a, a serial killer. That's weird. Who are someone if the water's the right temperature? Well... That's the kind of thing if you're going to like some seven star restaurant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it felt nice at the time. Maybe in looking back, it was a bit weird. You should have been like, well,
2: actually, Harry, it's um a little bit on the warm side. Yeah. What would his reaction been? Yeah. I yeah. wonder if he would have gone back to the other room. Do you think in that room they had like loads of bottles of water all at <laughs> sort of different tem- temperatures? <laughs>
1: ranging from the boiling strange. to the freezing.
2: Yeah, maybe <laughs> so he went middle ground and just yeah. got you a nice sort of, sort of middle lukewarm one. It was lovely. It was, it was, it was nice. Um, that is nice. He complimented my
1: shirt, which I always think is a nice thing. And that is nice. yeah, he was just very overtly lovely. I think we had like a five minute chat at the start. And then he went, okay, just whenever you're ready and we'll, we'll do the thing. And he's like, don't worry, we can take as long as you want. And we did, we just chatted for a long time. And you don't get a lot of that, that with guests, you know. Um, people, that is epic. Yeah, that was really nice. So Harry Stanley could I,
2: could I ask you a question? Yeah, of you, course. You've got to be completely honest with me. If it's worst um, guest, I'm never going to say. <laughs> yeah, you have to, dude. No. That's the question.
1: Um, no. <laughs> Come on, hey, buddy. I will, what on. I will do is I will tell you I will tell you, um, but I will beep it out for the audience. But I'll tell the story.
2: Okay. Okay, go. It was... Really?
1: Yeah, man. So, again, a story with this really quickly. When I interviewed (laughs) that person, they used to do a lot of interviews, right? A load, load of interviews. And a lot of them were done down the line like we are right now, okay? Yeah. So, I interviewed the person down the line. And their approach was very much if they didn't know your name, they didn't care. And I went off topic, and I had a big thing about Cara Delevingne at the time. And I asked the person mm-hmm. about Cara Delevingne, and then at the end of the interview, um, the I said, "Okay, bye bye." It was a really awkward interview, and the person didn't know that the line was still connected. And the person said, "Why the f- was he asking me about Cara Delevingne?" Wow! Wow! Real stressed. Do
2: you know what? The, that yeah, that's not that hmm. was. Sad.
1: But in to to sort of put another spin on that. I now really get on with them. We've really... we're Like, since then, we've got to know each other a bit and we're now quite friendly.
2: Okay, that's good. That's why I feel bad telling that story. Okay, well, now doing a 360 and, like, going back to your first question, who's your, in? how you say it, best number (laughs) in your phone? Uh, Let me have a look. Because you don't have Harry's. No. I feel like you were too concerned about the temperature of the water. Had you not been so, you might have got a number.
1: Uh, Do you know what I always would have said? I had for a very long time Barry Chuckles' phone number from the Chuckle Brothers.
2: Okay, that's glorious.
1: He's now died, which is real sad. But oh. I had
2: his number. Yeah, that, 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 my is, that is very sad. But that yeah, was
1: your go-to. He was my go We and we we text every now and again back in the day. No, way. I was a big Chuckle Brothers fan.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, who wasn't? Exactly.
1: I, I'm I'm going to push you for an answer on yours. Do you have one or no?
2: Well, do you know what? <laughs> I'm sitting here on my on my phone. I can't remember the last time I actually looked through my phone book. Cause literally I, I, I literally message like a handful of people. Yeah. It hit me with another question. Then maybe okay. by the end I'll what, have a good one for
1: this you. This is, I've only got two more questions to go. What's your most expensive purchase you've ever done?
2: Um, my most expensive purchase. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're actually, a watch guy, recent. right? Oh yeah. Actually. Yeah. So I wasn't, even, I didn't even think about my watches. Yeah. Yeah. So my, um, this is must be about maybe seven or eight years ago, just when I started getting into, to watches. I mean, to be honest, only when I could really start thinking about buying like a nice proper watch. Um, and I bought a uh, Rolex quartz um, gold with a walnut dial. Wow! And for me, that is like, yeah, my number one and probably, yeah, probably my most expensive item.
1: Uh, by the way, I mean, this is what I mean. I could, there's just, there's more things to ask you. Online, it said your net worth was 8 million. Really? Pfft, that's a lot of money, man. <laughs>
2: wow i mean dude where do they where do they get that i don't know i feel like they just pluck it hey, I feel really like they just plucked that from my chicken selects so yeah, i have goodness. no idea where they got that from um, i wish i mean that would be great but um no, nice, i'm not right? sure how true that is
1: and final question oliver proud rate your takeaway
2: um okay i would probably give it like a a seven out of ten strong um yeah no it was oh maybe that's too strong maybe a six selects were delicious they were tender they were nice and crisp on the outside they could have been a little bit warmer but nonetheless they were a really nice uh combination with the smoky barbecue dip key would have been quite dry otherwise sure. they lacked a little bit of moisture i'm not gonna lie okay you know what i mean when you get some of that proper like kentucky style fried chicken yeah, yeah yeah yeah. when it's really moist super crisp i almost feel like you gotta eat that straight away but they were they were young and the fries um, I haven't tapped into the fries too much but they were classic classic uh, golden arches yeah. nice and salty maybe a little bit on the soggy side but uh, I'll take that down to the travel um, <laughs> so yeah I'm giving it an all round 6 out of 10
1: Oliver Proudlap thank you so much for joining me on the Dangerous you, Dinners podcast that was a pleasure
0: mate thank you for having me man really appreciate it By putting the star in one star reviews it's the Dangerous Dinners podcast
1: ah well there we go there we go then um well done for getting through to this point of the podcast i appreciate that we've been in each other's company for like an hour now that's i mean that's a long time to ask for anything isn't it really you know what i mean but i appreciate you getting to this point uh if you haven't already please go and subscribe so you get the podcast for free every single week into your lives you don't have to sort of google us or find us it just comes there straight away and if you're on apple podcast scroll down right now and leave a little review and a rating we would really really appreciate that um i can't wait we've got so many amazing guests for this thing planned and next week we've got a real good one i'm not going to say much more than that but next week's a really good one so thank you for listening thank you to oliver Proudlock for being our guest and we'll see you same time next time leave a review
0: cheers love you